Hello, everyone. This is Stefano Bini from Digital Orthopedics Conference San Francisco. I'm the founder and chair of the organization. And for the last two years, we've been very lucky to work with Roberto Schone and his team at Healthware. They sponsor and put on Frontiers Health, which is a digital health conference that was once held in Berlin and this year held virtually. And we had a great time there. And we'll talk about what we did there in terms of the breakout and the virtual consulting that we essentially did live in front of an audience. And also hear from Roberto about what he's seeing happening in the world digital health in Europe, what he's excited about, and also what keeps him up at night with a long-term view. Because we do know, of course, that COVID-19 is a major disruptor at this point. Roberto, welcome to our podcast and videocast, I guess. Hi, Stefano. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. So you had a very successful launch of your first virtual event. Is that right? Yeah, that has been the first virtual event for Frontiers Health. Healthware as a company has a long-standing tradition in virtual events, even before COVID. So as a company, as a, among other things, communication consultancy, we came prepared to the big uh, shift of uh, events in the virtual space. So we teamed up with Frontiers to put up the first uh, hybrid Frontiers event, which mainly took place virtually. But yet there were some uh, local hubs where possible and respectful of the local regulations in various countries. But still, they were these uh, small hubs connected to the global live streaming. Interesting. I didn't realize that. So instead of having one in-person event and one virtual event, you had multiple hookups. Yeah. I mean, how did it work? There was a room with a screen and people were there in person. And tell yeah, me more about it, that. It, yeah, it was interesting because the frontiers, I mean, you have now come uh, several times. So, you know, it's about content for sure. It's about the experience and is about the connections, people, companies, small, big capital, you know, like venture firms and so on and so forth. So this dimension, we tried to keep alive as much as possible. So what we piloted successfully, I would say, has been to allow for some partners to host a small, a smallish number of people as allowed in local gatherings connected with the global conference which means in these small gatherings, they've been able to collectively participate into the plenary sessions, link through their own computers to the breakouts, but also produce locally some of the breakouts that basically got streamed globally. So it's not been only a listening experience, it's been also a broadcasting experience. And we had uh, multiple, we had uh, Barcelona, Helsinki, Malta, Berlin, we had one in Asia, so quite a bit. It's been uh, quite interesting. If I had known, I could have put one on for you here in San Francisco. So we'll do that next year. I love this exactly. idea. You see, and, you're already um, in the plan in place. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love the way you think. Roberto, I'm always learning from you. This is fantastic. That's actually a bonus from the conversation today that I wasn't expecting. So listen, tell me about the content as you went through the uh, experience of hosting Frontiers Health in, in the middle of a pandemic. What were two or three themes that stuck out for you as critical new points of interest that really we should be paying attention to? Yeah, I'm not sure they are new. Certainly, they are very relevant in my view. So let me take a, a little quick step back. You sure. remember that in May, we had the special Frontiers Live, which to all intents and purposes was like a test for what we did then mid November. And that Frontiers Live was a one long live session of, it was like seven hours. 
uh, we subtitled Fight the Pandemic, but that was like uh, in the middle of the lockdowns, some ending, some still in place. And it was really about this global response that the innovation ecosystem offered to the, not just the pandemic itself, I would say more to the challenges that pandemic kind of caused, right? November, despite we were beginning wave two in multiple countries, has been an occasion to learn what these pilots and experiments uh, brought to bear, right? Tackling the multiple issues that we are all facing, like lack of access for patients to you know, healthcare facilities, everything around, we nickname tele-everything, you know? So kind of tele-health, remote monitoring, video visits, so everything that we could do in distance. Um, there was a lot of focus on how to innovate, how to keep developing partnerships in times like this. What's the relationship between the big players and the small players, aka you know the startup ecosystem? What I think has been a sort of a collective learning, I would say, on the back of both events, a couple of considerations. So first off, everything is accelerating big time. We knew, but I would say touching that first hand at all levels, I think has been quite important. This pandemic has accelerated a number of things that were already happening, but I think it forced the many to take the risk of trying at scale, which of course is very different than trying on a small scale like a, a small pilot, right? And that I think it's creating a ton of learnings because really scale is what we need. We don't need any more small pilots, small proof of concepts that you know, work maybe in this place, but will not work, or you don't know if they will work in many other places, right? So that I think it's seeing how much effort has gone into impact scaling that I think has been quite important. So let's talk about that for a second. Let's get down to the nuts and bolts of impact scaling. So one thing that I noticed in Europe is a lot of innovation was government-driven. So the funding was significantly larger than, and with fewer ties, I think, than if you get venture capital funding in the United States. Is that correct? Is that really what's driving some of these large-scale adoptions of technology, government intervention? Um, not necessarily, I think. You're right when you say that Europe has been uh, funding a number of projects, so to speak, uh, through either the research framework or other, uh, to an extent, of the technology transfer frameworks as well. That has been usually really focusing on the, the proof of concepts, sometimes the MVPs, but never really at scale. I think mm. that only can come from either partnerships with big organizations, I mean, corporates, or through the venture capital. I think So we're talking corporates such as? Pharmaceutical companies, Novartis, uh, insurance big- companies. Yeah. I mean, companies that... Uh, would see this energy coming from the startup ecosystem as a really a way, no longer only at least uh, to do internal transformation, because that, of course, is an inevitable opportunity for them, which if done in the right way, it's even acceptable. Mm -hmm. But I think what's most important is that many companies are starting to really understand that the open innovation, which is, you know, to me, crazy to say at the end of 2020, because it's a concept that is around since years, but truly large scale corporations are now, I think, really getting to the fruition of open innovation as a way to help themselves, but also be true to the innovation community and help some of those companies to scale. So I now see more and more partnerships that have a true commercial 
I would say, objective. And I say commercial with the capital C, meaning if you really want to deploy a service, that's what a startup needs, not just to do the tiny pilot. And I think for a large-scale organization, it's a lot more meaningful. So these I'm seeing a lot more than in the past. And what kinds of things are these big organizations investing in that you saw as themes this year? What kind of solutions are they looking for? I think there is a general better uptake of what we call either digital medicines or digital therapeutics. Certainly on, on that side, there's a growing and growing attention for sure. And now there's also, there are probably starting to be the conditions to create those kind of partnerships that are fruitful on both sides. So now I see a lot more companies that are taking this much more seriously than in the past years. And of Um, course, just not not to interrupt, but of course, we know that Germany would lead the way with enabling the payment for digital therapeutics. Uh, I think it was last year, or maybe even was earlier this year, where just to define digital therapeutics, these are essentially apps that walk people through a, the treatment of a medical condition, correct? Yeah, those are apps that are apps or other kind of software interventions that are able to generate positive health outcomes and they're studied in a clinical setting, like through either randomized controlled trials and so a bit study like a drug, so to speak. Right. And they and have a these- formal validation. That's right. And they can also be paid for now because of these changes in the yes. and insurance they can also, laws in Europe. Exactly. And also reimburse. Germany started uh, about a year ago with this new law allowing for digital therapeutics. In their lexicon, they talk about the digital health solutions. But for all intents and purposes, we are talking about reimbursed, basically digital medicines, digital therapeutics. They created a framework so you can file, go through a basically, you know, approval process and uh, on the back of that, seek reimbursement. Being a 70 million people market that all of a sudden has become one of the first markets in the world. A year after, funny enough, the the first time the law was kind of announced and discussed in detail was at Frontiers in Berlin in 2019. This year, we had the Director General for the Ministry of Health of Germany for Innovation and Digitalization, who indeed uh, gave a very interesting keynote a year into the law. And now they have uh, like uh, the first three companies that have done the process now, a doctor in Germany can prescribe, and those three apps can be paid for by their public payment system through their statutory insurance. So that's a big leap for It's a big drive forward. And it's great that it, it sort of was launched in some ways through Frontiers and, and, this, yeah, uh, and, was, and uh, getting the digital ecosystem being able to interface with these government and other payers to move these ideas forward, which is really what our conference is both really are trying to do is to catalyze the adoption of these tools. It's nice to see it being effective. Roberto, as part of the conference, we, Dr. Seth, had a little breakout session. We brought together Nancy Lynch, who is a physician, orthopedic surgeon, also venture capitalist and consultant, Donald Hout, who was, used to be a global lead for innovation for uh, Smith Nephew, and Ken Trauner, who's an orthopedic surgeon, multiple exits. And Mark Goldstein is a venture capitalist here in San Francisco, working uh, specifically in the musculoskeletal space. And we interviewed and had a, an hour and a half discussion with the folks from Movendo Technology, which is a robotics rehabilitation platform, and Simone Ungaro, who's their CEO. And we at DocSF, the North Peace Conference San Francisco, really focused on the implementation of technology and how do you get there. And so we had a wonderful experience where we had this extremely experienced panel 
interfacing with the CEO and really asking those tough questions. Who's your market? Who's your audience? How are you going to scale this product? How's it going to be reimbursed? And, and really helping him form a strategy because they're trying to bring the concept to the United States. He found this extremely valuable as we, we had a lot of fun doing it. I'm not sure what the feedback was on the back end, but for us, it was great. And as you're a consultancy as well, how do you see, what do you see the value proposition for these startups to seek consulting as they're trying to understand their business models? Well, that's a very good point. So let me tell you first off that that kind of, uh, you know, breakout that you created in the context of Frontiers was number one, extremely intense and well, you know, dynamic, vibrant, and people also in the audience were very, very engaged because besides it was a robotic rehabilitation and musculoskeleton, right? A startup with a panel of experts in that field, the dynamic, the way of, of doing that kind of exercise, of course, is applicable to any other startup in any other context. And I would say also to any product in a large organization. It was a session where basically without, I would say, too much uh, structure, right? Uh, there was a very candid dialogue between uh, the CEO is trying to solve problems for patients ultimately, right? And experienced people with a clinical strong background, even, you know, practicing, really discussing about the intricacies of the model and the learnings and sharing that, that kind of experience. To me, there is only one way to design successful products and, if you will, businesses, which is basically aligned to the unmet needs of the people, patients, if you will, in that case. And on the other side, work side by side to co-create with those that either have to pay for or have to use or recommend the technology. So in fact, a big topic for the coming years will be the adoption for the end users, but also the adoption uh, from the physicians. If you would ask me, we mentioned briefly digital therapeutics before, what will be the big next steps? It's about engaging physicians about what this is and having them prescribe uh, software as comfortably as they prescribe chemicals. It will be a huge endeavor that has to be taken. I think likewise is what we saw in your session there, that kind of energy coming from uh, those in charge of uh, designing a solution with those that were representing the needs and connecting the dots as a team. This is what I heard. I also saw the session afterwards, of course, given was one of the breakouts and also the comments we got from the audience. So I think from a collective learning experience, that's very much frontiers and something that as a format, you know, should be done and we will be doing more of that. From a process perspective, I think that's a big part of how we should do, I would say, design, product design, solution design sprints in the near future. I think that's really added value for that. But that's the comment I got from uh, everyone that was involved. Awesome. Uh, so I think there is something there that could be used uh, in the process of, you know, moving these uh, companies forward. Yeah. And I think that one of the learnings, of course, again, is that the, the value, so many of these companies are so focused on their product and they have to, I think it's important for them to reach out and obtain this sort of counsel uh, from companies like yours, from venture capital directly, as opposed to just go out there and make a product. Roberto, what keeps you up at night? Just the last five minutes, I just want to ask you a question. Is there anything you're worried about that we're not doing fast enough in technology? If not, nothing. And then a um, couple of words about where we're going next year with Frontiers. If you're already thinking, I'm sure you're already thinking about that. And then um, I look forward to partnering with you on that, in that mission. 
Yeah, maybe let me start from this because I think it's a good uh, example of also the other couple of the other two points. So first off, I think we will hopefully get uh, to a better balance between uh, generally I'm speaking not about just the conference. I'm talking about the business and honestly, our lives, a better balance between uh, digital and physical. It's crazy to say because we have been always pushing for more digital. I think <laughs> right now we are... Uh, all the way in and like, you know, probably at an unsustainable level, so to speak. I really want to see you again in person, whether it's San Francisco or anywhere else. Exactly. And we miss that, right? I think uh, as a true community, we all do miss that. So I think we should go back to a better balance, but by any means, we should go back to the madness of uh, flying uh, two days for two hours, you know, face-to-face meeting. So I think we need to go back to a place which is more sustainable, which is more efficient, where there's a good balance between uh, so the face-to-face interactions and the, the digital interactions. And I'm doing a lot of work and so my team to you know, make hypotheses about how this can look like as much as we did in the beginning of the lockdowns about this more kind of, you know, digital based interactions, you know, that we are living through these months. So with that said, I think we are trying to apply that to frontiers as an exercise to imagine how the innovation community will keep thriving in the future, but also about uh, to be honest, how we work with our clients, whether they are pharmaceutical companies or health insurers or even hospitals, which are working, we are working more and more with about digital transformation, right? What's the new normal and the next normal after that? So to spend a couple of words about frontiers, I think this experiment of the virtual and local hubs, so this hybrid model, I think has a lot of lags. So I think uh, that is something that we might kind of Repropose in a way in light of the of the new situation, because I think there is a value in the global community gathering. We know that that it's limited, you know, by definition. So what if other communities can gather locally and interconnect? So this time was a necessity, but we learned a lot, and I think there's a model there that somewhat can be you know leveraged. So that's a part of the thinking. And something that we are, you know, getting also feedback from uh, a lot of friends in the innovation community like, like yourself. And it's really a collective exercise as we plan forward. I think the same applies to other situations, right? As I was alluding to before. So today, what I think we're doing, we are measuring everything that we have been doing in this extremely digitalized setting, whether it's on the innovation side or the more, you know, traditional business side. I mean, consultancy speaking. Measuring that, we are trying to forecast how could be this new normality where the physical would be a bit uh, better balanced. This, I think, it's where we are now. And forecasting a little bit of models for the next future. Thinking, honestly, 2022, because I think 2021 will be an adaptation towards what will be the landing point, I hope, as soon as possible. But I think we have a few more months of uh, digital first or only before we can start to, to find our new balance. So this idea of rethinking the in-person model and actually distributing it is, I think, a new concept that you brought to the table. 
Frontiers Health and your work with Healthware there has clearly shown its ability to seed innovation within our community, which is really another great learning from that experience. We at DocSF are also merging and clearly merged fully to virtual. We're also planning to do more work with the American Academy of Surgery next year when they do their live event. If they can do it in August, we'll do live events there too. And I really, really like this idea of distributed events. And uh, we look forward to working with Healthware. We'll be launching the new concept of DocSF. We're completely rebranding and rethinking through how we can service our community. And we'll do that at just before JP Morgan, like we always do, a little one-hour session. We hope you'll join us then. And uh, look forward to seeing you again. Congratulations on, on this amazing transition and all the great work you're doing. And you've already given me an idea for the next time we talk, which is your consultancy, the healthcare systems and they, how they can adopt these technologies. So I'd be curious to share your experience in Europe with our audience in the United States. It's quite, um, I think it's a different infrastructure. It's a different model. Therefore, the solutions will differ, but sometimes the problems are similar. And there's a lot we can learn from each other in that regard. Roberto, I want to thank you for your time. Thank you, Stefan. It's been a pleasure as always. And uh, we'll keep having fun together as we crack the nuts of digital transformation. Crack that nut. I love it. Thank you. Arrivederci. Ciao.